Welcome into Baltimore Sports Today, the daily podcast from the Baltimore Sports Report Network. This is episode 398, and it is Friday, May 12th, 2017. We've reached the end of a week. It's actually my Friday, too, Jabby Burns. That's why I was a real one. thrown off. It's Friday. I'm off on Saturday. How are you? Good for you. Well, well-deserved week for you, especially with what you've gone through internally and <laughs> externally, let's say. Uh, happy Friday, everybody out there. For a quick shout out to our boy, Chris Robinson, who says he first thing he does in the morning is listen to the show. Chris, you need to find some hobbies. That's what I'd let you know. Oh, but we appreciate I it. it. I love we it. We love that you're listening and uh, you're a good egg down there. And you're doing the you're I think he's actually doing the Lord's work, isn't he? He he does the Lord's work. Yes. Yeah, and he uh, needs me. I'd burn if I went to one of those establishments. So I need to kind of get some help from uh, from one C Rob. Maybe he can he can turn me into the uh, into the good man that he is. He's a, yeah, he's good people. Our listeners yep. are awesome, and uh, and, it, and it starts with <laughs> him. So we uh, we appreciate the support, the topics which we're we're gonna use. Oh yeah, uh, and keep them and coming, baby. The insight, and we love hearing from you guys what you what you enjoy, what you want to hear more of. Uh, and I know Jab mentioned that at the end of of, uh, of our last show. You know, as we are rapidly approaching 400, which will be sometime next week. Ted Williams. Uh, we want to hear from you, so yeah, to, not so Ted Williams. We can't hear from Ted Williams, but right. uh, he 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 hit four oh six, I think, back in the days when I told you guys and that he didn't take that day off, so that he could he played the doubleheader, so he could hit four oh six, which is amazing. So when you get to that one, that'll be a big one too. But four hundred coming up here, Zach. I want to start the show with a conspiracy theory. All right, let's. Okay, here's the deal. It has nothing to do with the FBI director. It has nothing to do with the Russians, okay? <laughs> so right off the bat, you can turn your show. This you doesn't have to do with politics? and it's Not in one. Theory? Well, I'll say this. It has to do with the District of Columbia. How oh, about that? Okay. So last night, the Orioles were anticipating to play uh, the final game of the Masson Cup against the Washington Nationals down at Nats Park. Um and which is fine. It rained most of the day yesterday. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it was rained most of the day, if not the whole day. Okay. So around six something, I, I have a very, very plugged in weather source that I trust as, as you know, and he's a listener of the show. Is it, my boy, is it your Jimma. iPhone weather app? No, his oh. name is Jimma and uh, Jim <laughs> Silvestri, a big, big fan of this show, big fan of you. His wife is a Disney mark. So shout out to the Silvestris who are just a, just a couple of good eggs. They, I, I always go to him because of course, what do I care about? Of course I want the game to be played, Zach, but yeah. I need to know for DraftKings if guys are going to play, <laughs> if you have some Orioles and them nationals. Right. So I had a couple stacks going and I, I said to, I sent to the old text to Jim and around six, six thirty, I said, they're going to get this game in. Right. And he said, it shouldn't be a problem. Um, they might have a slight delay. And, and I'll tell you this, Jim's usually around 90 95% when it comes to these kind of things, especially when it comes to stuff in Baltimore, D.C., the, in the surrounding area. So I said, you know what? It's good to go. I trust Jim. He's been good to me. So a couple hours, you know, a little, little time goes by, kind of checking all the greens are up on, on there and everything like that. You're checking everybody's open. And then all of a sudden I get a an alert, Zach, at around 745 after they said they delayed the game that this game has been postponed. And I look outside at my house and I'm like, well, it's wet, but there's no rain coming down. So this mm. is interesting. Mm. So I, I text some people that are down at the game at the Masson Cup there and, and some uh, actually know the grounds crew guy down there. And uh, John Turnauer is his name. He's the head's grounds creeper at Nationals Park. Used to be with the Orioles. And um, just kind of going back and forth with him a little bit, asking him what's going on. you know. And he, he thinks he, he even said he thinks that they're going to probably play. Shouldn't be a problem. Terps on the field. Turns out the Nationals just completely go over everybody's head and postpone said game with Dylan Bundy on the bump against their probably worst pitcher in AJ Cole. So here, here's here's my here's where I'm going with this, Zach. 
the Orioles have completely dominated this series. Can we say that the Mastin Cup is full of ice cream that Matt Albers ate all of. Okay, in the last couple of weeks here, you got a game with Dylan Bundy, the Orioles' best pitcher, on the bump. Okay, you have a chance to maybe you know it is raining, so it, it's conceivable that you could at least move this game back a little bit. The Orioles have to fly to Kansas City uh, that night for a night game starting today, which we'll talk about. So I understand the logistics there. The Nationals are at home tonight, Zach, to the Philadelphia Phillies. So last time I checked, the Nationals had nowhere to go. So I'm going to ask you, Zach, is it a possibility? And maybe talk me off the ledge. Tell me there's two teams that have to be involved here. But last time I checked, it is the home team's decision. Um, is there a possibility that the Nationals punted that game and decided, you know what, maybe June 8th, and that's our 15th anniversary for Mrs. Miss Burns and I, oh, June 8th, maybe we'll just play this game and maybe we can get Scherzer on the bump. So I will tell you this. As somebody who uh, worked in D.C., mm-hmm. I have worked in D.C. during day games in the middle of the week in which – the Nationals have very, very small projected crowds and mm-hmm. a chance of some rain rolling through, and those games get canceled without without a, a second glance. So Nicole am, Sherry would have laughed at that forecast last night, the I, Orioles' um, grounds crew. I am, I am telling you this from afar, from Florida, and full disclosure, as a guy who uh, would not have been able to watch the majority of this game last night, so I was kind of happy that it got rained out personally. <laughs> Um, you and the learners, but I wouldn't put it past them, and I tend to side with you on on this whole thing. I, I know I remember a specific day in which I was sitting in my sitting at my desk, looking out the window as I got the news that the Nationals canceled a game in D.C. and was probably seven miles from the stadium, probably less than that, maybe five miles from the stadium. And as I looked out the window, the sun was shining, and and it was just a beautiful afternoon in DC. So uh, we love, yeah, we love Rock Kabako, right? Love him. I think Rock is one of the not only one of the better riders out there. I think I like that he puts his little spin sometimes, and not in a snarky way. He's just doing it because he gets fed up, right? Sometimes, especially when it comes to rain. He, I mean, more people text him with or uh, tweet oh, him with so what's the forecast, you know, blah blah blah. Yeah. Don't, by the way, stop tweeting. He stop needs a Jim Silvestri is what he needs. That's exactly what it needs. It's uh, Jim's, uh, I think it's Jim Silver 410 if you want to get at him on Twitter. There you go. Um, he, he's got about six followers. But listen, Rock Kabako, writing down here, it is uh, right on his timeline here, 1015, leaving DC now, still not raining. Why would Rock say that? Because he was probably frustrated as well, mm-hmm. trying to get down there. Um, you know, a lot of different things on the thread here that now that I've seen it for sure, it is the home team's decision. And usually that comes from both the groundskeeper and it's a baseball operations type guy. And I don't mean a baseball op as in like Dan Duquette type guy. There's a baseball operations guy that run all the stuff at the ballpark, the people, the ticketing, all that stuff. Those are called baseball ops. Op. Roger Hayden, for example, used to be the Orioles one when I was there. I'm not sure if he's still there now. But anyway. John, the uh, the um, head groundskeeper for for the Nationals, a friend of mine and a friend of a lot of guys that 
we worked with there basically said it was above his head. So that's the part that I get in the conspiracy theory from is that it had nothing to do with John. John thought that the teams could play. Interestingly enough, though, as he said, above his head means that, in my opinion, that's going to go up above his head, which goes to baseball ops. Either way, I think it was kind of a shady, shady thing. More and more that I see here from people on their timelines and things like that from last night, it didn't, it looked like that game could have got in. There's no restrictions on the lights there anymore. I was thinking about that if the game went late because that surrounding area has a lot of um, residential areas now down down there, Zach. I don't. I think they've actually got rid of that whole deal. The metro wouldn't have been a big that big of a deal because I think the metro is now two a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going out. So I, I'm just trying to figure out what what happened. And I'll tell you this: if there's any one of nines that went down to the game, anticipating the game to be played, because hello, you're used to playing games at Oriole Park at Camden Yards, where <laughs> if it rains all day, we find a way to win because we have the or find a way to play and win because you have the best drainage system in baseball. I think there's something hinky here. Yeah, I think that something hinky here, Zach, and I am. Um, I'm going to be looking into it. I am going to be the James Comey of this of this show. Oh, well, you're going to get fired. Done. You're going to get That's fired. Jeb mad as hell. He's not going to take it anymore. All right. <laughs> yeah, done. I don't know. It just seemed a little shady to me. And um, either way, the, the massing cup stands where it is. 38-24 uh, series if we split in June 8th. I'm trying to remember that. Um, you know, get the game there. Orioles played Pittsburgh the night before. Got an off day. They both have a mutual off day. So I'm glad it's not like late in August when the teams would die for an off day and not be able to get it. At least it's in June, Zach. That's what I was afraid of is we was going to get pushed back to one of those, you know, September games like where we had to – didn't we have to go to Minnesota last year in the middle of the year or something like that to, to have like a – oh, Buck loves those ones too. So anyway, we're moving on, Zach. It's Friday. It's a fun day. Um, we're tired of talking about DC. I'm tired of talking about the Caps. So let's talk about something fun. I like Kansas City Barbecue. Yeah, me too. And that's where the Orioles are headed to uh, Kansas City. And thankfully, Dylan Bundy gets a pitch tonight. I, I hate having to Hopefully. put a Dylan Bundy start off. Um, mm-hmm. According to Rock, it looks like they're just pushing everybody back. So Bundy should be on the bump tonight. He's 5-1 and one with a 2.17 ERA. Seven consecutive quality starts this season. I wrote about Dylan Bundy today in my guest post over on MassInSports.com just about what has made him so dominant. I mean, his stuff is really fascinating, Jab, in that he is you know, primarily a fly ball pitcher, but he gets more soft contact than any of the Orioles starters do. So he's keeping the ball in the ballpark better than any of the Orioles starters, even though he's given up more fly balls. And a lot of that has to do with... I'm sure you could guess it, his slider, his cutter, whatever you want to call that pitch. The pitch that he's using this year uh, as that weapon, as that out pitch, um, it's just been unbelievably phenomenal. He's using it in two strike counts to fool guys left and right, getting whiffs all over the place with it. Uh, He's been incredibly solid with that pitch. Um, So he's never going to overpower guys, right? He throws like 91, 92. Um, He doesn't get a lot of, uh, he's not a high strikeout guy. Um, but he, he gets soft contact on, uh, on being smart and having, you know, some good pitches, one really good pitch. Uh, so it's, he's, he's fascinating to watch. And he's one of those guys that I said in the article jab that I wake up in the morning and I'm like, Dylan Bundy's on the mound. Yes, let's do this. The Orioles have won six of his seven starts. He's thrown seven starts this year. They've all been quality starts. Why would you not look forward to uh, a Dylan Bundy start? No, that's going to say, uh, so on the radio today, um, our buddy Rob Long was on and he said, you know, he's, he wasn't happy the game got rained out yesterday, but it was happy because he gets to now, you know, stay up Friday and watch a Dylan Bundy start. It's an eight fifteen start here on the East coast with the, it starting a little bit later out there in the Midwest. Um, 
He's a must. Is he a must watch now when when Bundy's on Definitely. the mound? Would you say yeah, right? Like, yeah, like I said, I wasn't going to be able to watch last night, so I'm glad that. Uh, oh, so you uh, rained out the game. Now I get it. Now you well, got a lot of juice. I was like I said, I was. Disney's totally got a lot of juice. It was wishes last show. I had to go last night. So um, I love watching Dylan Bundy pitch as well. He's going up against Danny Duffy, another guy I enjoy watching too from the left side for Kansas City. Probably their only good starter. Um, Kansas City, by the way, Zach, their bats woke up a little bit over the last couple days against Tampa Bay, scored seven runs in a couple games. Um, their offense has been anemic this year, to say the least. I think the worst offense, I think, in the American League and um, you know, behind the Padres probably <laughs> overall in baseball. But I'll tell you this, the one thing that they continue to do is they continue to play good defense. They only have 10 errors as a team this year, Zach. Um, so that's that's impressive. We know about Lorenzo Cain going back to our time in 2014. Um, Escobar, the shortstop's very, very good there. Hosmer can pick it over at first base. Still got my boy Alex Gordon, who I screamed at uh, two years ago for no apparent reason, um, out in the outfield there. So they do have some, some pieces on that team, but Zach, I, I can't, especially with the rotation, the way it, the way it's kind of setting up this weekend. Looks like it's going to go Bundy, Tillman, and Gossman. We'll get to the other two this um, in a minute here. But Zach, I feel like this has to be one of those get the series, get the two out of three, and then with an off day Monday, really start to kind of shuffle and get that get that bullpen back in. I, here's my, here's my thing. I want to see all three of these starters, Zach. I, quality starts aside with Dylan Bundy because he is now, I think. Only behind Ross Grimsley. I think 1978, Ross Grimsley had seven quality starts to start the year. Dylan Bundy should surpass that tonight just based on the fact that it's Kansas City and that lineup is not going to do a lot unless something really, really bad happens. Um, Zach, I want to see all three of these stars, including Kevin Gossman. I'm staring at you. I want to see all three of these starters this weekend go at least six, maybe seven innings, if possible, to give the bullpen who needs a dying, dying couple days off. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. They could definitely use it. And that's why last night wasn't the worst thing in the world for those guys either, you know. Um, to, uh, to have a little bit of relief, even though Bundy uh, has has you know he's had quality starts, so he's been in the sixth at least uh, in in all seven of his starts. Um, a, an extra day's rest for that bullpen is something they could definitely use. It's it's uh, been a tough, really tough, difficult stretch for them, dating not only back to Gossman's ejection, but just the long trip that uh, they've been on. They they haven't had an off day in a really long time. Um, they could absolutely uh, use the break, so uh, very much needed for them. So, uh, yeah, I I look forward to seeing how this stacks up with those three guys too. It's nice to see, you know, if you could if you could pick three guys, I guess. Well, maybe you'd throw Miley in there uh, instead, the way he's pitching. But yeah, um, regardless, you feel pretty confident. Uh, you want to see a good start from uh, from all three of these guys, especially like you mentioned against a lineup that has really scuffled so far this year in in the Royals uh, offense. Yeah, and the, and the other thing here about Dylan Bundy, you're talking about his spin rate here, and this is just directly I'm ripping this right off of MLB. A high spin rate on a four seam fastball tends to lead to a lot of the swing and strikes, and that but that has not been the case for Dylan Bundy. If you notice, if you guys are into DraftKings, Dylan Bundy's fantastic when it comes to going seventies, but he hasn't had the strikeout total, Zach. A he's lot, not, not a lot of no, swing he's not and a high misses. Strikeout guy, yeah. And I don't think that that has so much to do with velocity or things like that. I think it's that he puts the ball in the strike zone a lot, Zach. And I know it's a weird weird deal for some of the Orioles pitchers, but if you throw it strikes, you have one of the best defenses in baseball behind you. Um, he keeps the ball down. I love his secondary pitches, Zach. I love the fact that he's starting a lot of people off with sliders and curveballs. And he's becoming a pitcher instead of a thrower. And that's something Kevin Gossman should be taking notes about. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that was something else that I mentioned in the article is just that, you know, he's he's got good stuff, but he's also being incredibly smart when he goes out there too. And and that's credit to not only him but to uh Wellington Castillo and and Caleb Joseph too. He's yep. caught two of his uh two of his seven starts. But that's credit to a good game plan. That's credit to knowing, you know, your pitcher, knowing your strengths and your weaknesses and look, his slider is his best pitch, but he's he's only throwing it like 6% of the time. You go out there and you throw it a ton, guys are going to adjust. Guys are going to know that it's coming. It's catching them off guard, um, keeping them on their toes, and and that's credit to uh, you know being an intelligent pitcher and not a guy that just goes out there with raw stuff uh, to to blow the ball past you or to you know dazzle you with uh, with a you know four amazing pitches. So um, that to me is even more impressive than than being a guy who's just you know a pure talent and goes out there and, and crushes people all night. You know. Yep, I, I'm, I'm totally on board with you there. And then on the other side, for them, uh, like I said, Danny Duffy on the bump here. Here's a weird thing about Danny Duffy. He's been pretty good this year. I think his overall numbers, Zach, you had him there in front of you. Yeah, he's 2-3 and three with a 3-5-0. Yep. And he has the lack of run support has obviously hurt him. He's, um, you know, he basically, <laughs> the Royals, let's put it this way, the Royals haven't scored a run in his last two starts. So that, that's kind of a big deal for him. Uh, against the Orioles, though, he's 2-2 two and two with the two three seven ERA. And the Homer Happy Orioles, as, as MLB is pointing out here. And then that's, I think that's very interesting, uh, literal there. Um, <clears throat> the Orioles are batting 183 against him since 2011. I feel like Danny Duffy's done a very good job. He's a left-hander, something the Orioles sometimes struggle with. Um, nice. Throws hard. has got a cutter. He, he kind of one of those guys that kind of has jumped onto the scene the last couple of years here. And also, we the, the Orioles are going to miss Vargas, who pitched yesterday, pitched a gem for Kansas City yesterday, um, who's been really good too. So those two guys, those two lefties in that rotation has really been the – um, I think the, the the best out of them. So at least they're going to miss one of those lefties in Vargas from yesterday. Duffy's pretty good, but I, I seem to think that there's a way this team, uh, the way they're hitting the ball, that ballpark, I could see a lot of those doubles, maybe even some triples from maybe two or three guys in the lineup. You get one in the gap and, and you, you can run for days. Here's my question to you. I know Kim's obviously not playing tonight, Zach, because God forbid he'd pay to it's play a against lefty. a lefty. Will Trey Mancini be the DH, and then you'll see Gentry in the lineup today, or is Seth Smith just basically put himself in this lineup, or or is it going to be Rickard at the top lineup? I mean, how is Buck going to play it against? It's this hard tough to lefty? keep Smith out of the lineup right now. That's what I'm wondering. That, that's yeah. going to be that's going to be really difficult a difficult decision for Buck. I think. Um, I, I think Smith makes his way into this lineup somehow. I, I don't know exactly how it shakes out, but uh, I'd have a hard time thinking that he's not going to be in there tonight. And Trumbo should be in. I think Trumbo should be in the lineup as Definitely. well. Yeah. So if you put the question is, if you do that, then that means that Mancini's probably playing left. Smith's going to probably play right. Um, and then Trumbo will be your DH in this in that situation because I think Trumbo only plays right field. I have yet to see him play left field, so I think yeah, he'd probably be. I don't want to. I don't either. I, I'm with you. I, I'm totally with you. And I haven't, honestly, and maybe I've missed in some defensive adjustments, uh, I haven't seen Seth Smith play left field either. So mm-hmm. I think that that basically means that Mancini's probably going to play left. They're probably going to use Rickard and Gentry off the bench to, to spell those guys late in innings, hopefully, in those, those kind of situations. But <clears throat> I'll say this. For a team that we are worried about who's going to lead off for this team, it seems like these guys yeah. have really kind of got into their roles at the top of the lineup, and nothing really changes. You look at the Orioles lineup – from Jones down, it's pretty much the same. You, you insert Mancini and you know Trumbo in those spots there, flip flopping with Davis and stuff. I feel like the lineup is kind of lengthening itself out with this leadoff spot being kind of taken care of so far. Yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, Smith has been in left field 
in three games, eight uh, plate appearances. I don't okay. think he's gotten a start. In, uh, it doesn't look like he's got maybe some shifts or something like that. Like yeah. somebody comes in the game, he goes over there, don't want to lose him. Um, all right, you want to talk about not much in, in not much. Field. Yeah. All right, let's let's talk about game two, Zach, because sure. uh, we have a little bit more um, sample size against the pitcher for Kansas City and Nate Carnes, a former Tampa Bay Ray, if you remember. Right. Um, his last start, actually, he had a great start against the Rays. He had 10 strikeouts, giving him 17 strikeouts in his last 12 and one-third innings. Um, they have Kevin Gossman here. I think it's Chris Tillman yeah, will be getting this start here yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so if you're if you're looking at you know, his, his numbers against the Royals got to go to Sunday based on MLB here. But with Carnes, there's some good numbers against Carnes in this lineup. Um, I'll just start right off the top. Chris Davis hitting 310 at bats with two bombs and, and three RBIs against him. Some others within the lineup here. Scopes hitting 750 against him. Small sample size. Jones, he's got uh, 12 at bats and some runs that are scored there. And Hardy has home run there as well. So I think this is a game where the Orioles need to jump on a starter in Nate Carnes. And, and then hopefully Chris can give us a, a much better first inning than, than he had last time out on, on Sunday, which he did get the win. Yeah, he did. And, and he went five innings, you know, three hits, no uh, no earned runs. Um, Orioles end up winning that game May 7th, his, uh, his one start so far. Um, so, you know, what, what kind of things do you think, uh, you, you should expect from Tillman, uh, in, in his second start? I mean, against a struggling lineup, I think more than anything for me, Jab, it's, it's about, <laughs> like you mentioned, getting through the first inning, being pitch efficient, doing those things that all those things we talked about Bundy doing, you know, um, letting the defense make those outs behind him, finding the strike zone. That's what I want to see from Chris Tillman. Yeah, it's interesting. I know that um, a lot of people don't think Buck thinks about things down the line. He just kind of flies by the seat of his pants. You find it interesting that he's getting uh, Tillman in starts against both uh, Kansas, City, or, uh, Kansas City this Saturday and then also before that the Chicago White Sox lineups. Yeah, that's not good, right? Start against, like, I don't know, the Yankees or the Red Sox or, or some even of these. the Nationals. Who, or the Nationals, you know. yeah. He was not scheduled to, to, to face any of those guys. Now, it could be just the f- lucky, right? I don't think so. I think it's pretty much calculated. And that's what they're going to do. Chris has had some some success uh, against Kansas City in the past. Um, you know, obviously, you have to go back to all the way to 14 where, you know, some things didn't work out for us in the, in the ALCS. But um, I think Chris is, knows the lineup. Again, there's a great lineup for Chris to just go after, man. They're just not hitting the ball there. They're not hitting the ball out of the ballpark, let alone getting um, – they're not just. It feels like the Royals. When you look at their lineup and you look at some of those guys, just even from a DraftKings perspective, you don't have a lot of guys that stand out in, in the you know forty five hundred to five thousand range because they just they're just not putting the bat on the ball. So this for me is a good time for Chris to do this. It's just, it's a weird concept. Watch Dylan Bundy throw strikes. How about first pitch strikes, Chris? And I know you don't. I know you don't throw ninety three, ninety four. I don't care about that. I want to see you throw strikes, pound the strike zone, use the defense. I know the outfield's big out there. I, I would imagine you'd have a little bit better. Def- Defensive players, probably Mancini won't be in the lineup on on Saturday. Maybe even Hunsu Kim gets in the lineup. What? I know oh, that's uh, crazy. Probably I'm not. But <laughs> he probably not. But we'll see. So I, that's what I want to see, Chris. I, or, uh, Zach, I want to see Chris throw some strikes. I want to see him pound the strikes. I don't want to see him. Um, we always talk about it with Chris Tillman. You know what you're going to get in the first inning, right? So oh, if you yeah. get one of those games, it's if he's now. The thing is, he turned it around. Um, against the White Sox, but I don't think he had a clean inning till like the fourth inning in that game either. He had some walks, he had some some bleeders, some hits. So that's what I would see from Chris Tillman: just more progression, get your legs underneath you, um, and, and get out there and just give the Orioles another quality start. Yes, definitely. That's all now, we can ask for. Now, as far as Kevin Gossman, he's coming off of a nice start against the mm-hmm. Nationals. 
Seven innings, five hits, two earned runs, eight strikeouts, which is his high for the year. Yep. Uh, looked really good coming off of that ejection there in the first inning in his previous start against the Red Sox. We talked about that at length. Uh, but nice to see him uh, kind of put together the start that we knew he was capable of all year. His best start of the year. And curious to see, you know, what how he follows that act against, uh, you know, uh, an easier lineup this go around. Yeah, and I and I think this is one where, um, you know, looking at the uh, the situations Kansas City player uh, batters versus Gossman, there's nobody with any sample size. I was surprised by that. I guess I don't know. I guess Kevin just hasn't pitched against the Royals, so it's not like they've seen him a bunch. Um, I thought there was a different Kevin Gossman on the mound against the Nationals. Um, I felt like he was confident. You know what I mean? Like he was out there throwing his pitches and had confident in his pitches and was throwing his curveballs for strikes. He was throwing fastballs. And we all know that Kevin has the stuff, probably has the best stuff probably on the staff overall um, when it comes to velocity, when it comes to some of his, um, you know, his sliders and things like that. I think Dylan Buddy's a better pitcher, as I've pointed out many times, but I, I think Kevin has the stuff to put it together. The question is, will he do it in back-to-back starts? That's what we need to see, some more consistency from Kevin Gossman's act. That's that's what I would want to see in, that, in a start for Kevin Gossman. Can you put back-to-back quality starts together, especially against a lineup in the Kansas City Royals? For sure. Yep, that's exactly what I want to see. So very, uh, very good series coming up for the Orioles in that I think they can take advantage of a team that uh, is not hitting real well. Uh, I think that they can continue their... Uh, offensive surge that we saw in in the series uh, it felt like one series but i guess one and a half series against uh, the washington nationals oh yeah um, so can't wait to see how the offense performs there in kansas city and uh against the lefty tonight and and happy dylan bundy day jabby burns that's what i like to say and remember your orioles right now if you look in the standings are 22 and 11 and are leading the new york yankees by a half a game as we as we broadcast this morning on um on this friday so just remember this team's still in first place last 10 seven and three overall road record nine and eight so go out on the road take care of business get two or three from kansas city and let me and zach have a fun podcast on monday yes please because we need some fun podcasts on Monday. yes yes it's 400s coming up, all right? We it is coming up. Yeah, I want to make it to 400, Zach. <laughs> you and me both. It was questionable there a couple I know. Ago. I know. Chick-fil-A, look out now, though, because you got some room. Let's I, go. I know. That's true. I like have started getting hungry again. Sorry for all the gross details, everybody. It's, yeah, nobody it was, knows. It was not fun. It's not fun. He's fine. See, Rob don't care. It's just having breakfast. No biggie for him. Uh, yeah, I know. That's what I feel. Don't eat. I feel bad, everybody. <laughs> All right, Jabby Burns, have a great weekend. Good talking to you, my friend. You too, pal. For Jab, I'm Zach. Thanks for listening to Baltimore Sports Today. You two have a fantastic weekend. Talk to you again on Monday. (laughs) 